Association. 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 That was such uber ponage. Hello, fellow nerds. Welcome to the Nerd Association podcast from the WBNS Radio Studios in Columbus, Ohio. I'm your host, Mark Finch. And I'm your other host, Daniel Barnett. And uh, we're here on Nerd Association tonight to talk about uh, something that we have been waiting for, praying for, for months. Uh, First, before we dive into that topic, uh, we've also been waiting and praying for an opportunity to have this gentleman back on the show. Uh, That is J.D. T-Bone Smith. You can hear him weekdays on Common Man and T-Bone on 97.1 The Fan here in Columbus. Uh, T-Bone, thanks for joining us again. Yeah, I'm very excited to be here. And uh, I'm really excited that for Timmy Hall to hear this episode (laughs) and lose his mind. So You know what? this back for him as soon as possible tim if you're out there listening we say every week all you have to do is email us i have yet to hear from you well tim's on air for another minute tonight so he wouldn't have been available (laughs) that's true true. right we are cutting into his time and i wouldn't want to take away from that that's true so glad to be here guys thanks for having me yeah so uh chops t-bone what do you think of when i say I can I keep going. Woo, woo. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with this is the way. Well, I, I could have done that. Meeting his untimely death in the very first episode of the very first season of the Mandalorian. Of course, that's what we think of the Mandalorian. Yeah. Our and uh, we've, you know, we've been talking on nerd association for weeks. Obviously we knew Mandalorian season two was coming Sometime in the fall, it had been speculation about October, November. And so we said, we kept saying, well, this is our topic for next week. But if a Mandalorian trailer drops, <laughs> Chops, how many times did we have that conversation? If a we trailer drops. We thought it drops, might be during the NBA playoffs. We thought it might be, well, I guess football started. It could have been then. And then it just, they just dropped it on the internet yeah like on a tuesday afternoon it just happened so but but it coincided with us getting so fed up of waiting for a trailer as most of the internet did that we were like well come hell or high water we're gonna do a mandalorian episode so (laughs) so it works out so um let's let's dissect the trailer a little bit and it'll give us a good opportunity to kind of touch on uh rumors can things that have been confirmed about the second season so really if you are if you want to walk into Mandalorian season two, spoiler free, um, this is your chance to duck out because I think from here on out it would be hard for us to avoid any sort of spoilers, and we don't want to avoid them. We want to talk about them. That's the point. So you've had your time to catch up on Mandalorian season one. That's your fault if you're not caught up right well, now. And if you don't want to know what the you know who the new characters and the new cast members are for season two, and you've avoided that so far, then okay, this this sh- episode isn't for you. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> with all that said, <laughs> double spoiler alert. <laughs> we know that season two is is going to take place fairly shortly after the events of season one. Um, there's not a whole lot of debate about there being some long time frame or whatever between now and then. Um, the first shot that we get of of the trailer is of the Razor Crest floating through space with its cargo door open which last time i checked is not a good way to go through space 
and you know sparking See, this, and this is why i'm so glad to be on the podcast this week because i didn't even catch that and i was like trying to catch things and i just i was like what planet am i looking at what is, is this a moon of another planet like what am i looking at and then you just got the bay door thing being open and I didn't even see it. So this is going to be good. I'll just learn. I'll just sit here and listen. I'll have you know, I saw it. <laughs> All right. So good. A little more eagle eyed. And one of the, did you at least notice one of the engines sputtering? Yes. Yes. It looked like it was in distress. I did get yes. that. And to be fair, I didn't, I've watched the trailer now six or seven times. Like it, I, I didn't get that the first time through just because I was um, foaming at the mouth, but there is he might be over Sorgan, which is the swampy world where he met um Cara Dune uh right. and helped out the villagers it, or it could be somewhere else but it kind of resembles that from space and so obviously there is this there is this indication that at some point in the season Din Jaren the Mando and and the child are going to be in trouble which the rest of the trailer just confirms in spades and of course we know at the end of season 1 that Moff Gideon was hot on their trail and and did not go down with his ship. Cut his way out of the of the the tie Outlander with the dark saber. Which, again, talk about frothing at the mouth. <laughs> Before we wait, one second, as we're going through characters, you go with the child. You prefer that? I'm yeah, a Baby Yoda guy. What are we allowed to say here? I mean, I don't want to get into Disney property issues where we call it the wrong thing and then we get yelled at by people so what are, are we saying baby yoda or are we saying the child oh no you out? can say either i don't care i'm just saying the child uh that's all okay. i say that's that fine. i mean the child flows nicely when you say the mandalorian right they're okay. they're both characters the with articles yes right the, um the baby yoda that you can do that too so <laughs> the the trailer i would call this trailer maybe more like a teaser because mm -hmm. it doesn't really tip its hand very much plot-wise. Yeah, I was just going to say, I wrote in my notes, like, I mean, it really only gives you one, like, action sequence. Right. And, it, and even that is mostly blacked out. And it and it doesn't, it, it doesn't tell you anything you didn't already assume. Like, hey, they're running from bad people. Mm -hmm. Right. And it, it does... The thing that I, I do worry about with season two, I will tell you going in, not to be, ne not to be negative, negative bone, but... I do worry about another season of just we're trying to figure something out and we all want to know and then it doesn't pay off. And then we have seven seasons of where does he belong and what is like, there will be a point where that will get old. So I'm mm -hmm. sure there's going to be more to this season than just like the overarching theme may still be finding out where the child belongs and what, what is he and we kind of know what he is, but not really, you know, like there's so much they can explore with that. You know, I'm well, hoping we get to delve into that a little bit more than just, all right, well, did he get to his home planet? Do we drop him off? Is, is the baby Yoda daycare open? Cool. All right, let's go. Like, I'm hoping there's more than just, all right, we got him home and we're done. Or that's the whole end game. Like I, I want to see this world explored more and fleshed out more. And I'm sure that's what's going to happen. But yeah, you don't get a ton of that in the trailer. You just know they're, they're still on the run. Yeah. Better. With that, with yeah. that being said, one bone I do have to pick, no pun intended, with the trailer is they mentioned Jedi and you see X-Wings. Why does it always have to come back to Jedi and X-Wings? It would be like if you made <laughs> movies about our world and no matter what, there had to be samurais and F-16s. It just has to be. 
Like why the, the Star Wars world can be so large and so expansive. Let's explore it some. Sure, there's a Baby Yoda, which we know probably relates to the Jedi, but we don't have to explicitly say it right away. Like, let's just keep looking at this world because that was the best part about the uh, first season was that there was it was not the Jedi saga. It was not the Skywalker saga. It was a whole new story in the Star Wars universe. Well, Chops, let me, let me devil's advocate you on that because from the viewpoint of Star Wars lore and Star Wars media, this will be the first time that Jedi were the villains and so were X-Wings. In From yeah. the Mandalorian's point of view, Jedi are this ancient race of enemy sorcerers who cannot be trusted. And in this world, the X-Wings are the cops. Like, <laughs> And so for, for the first time, we're seeing... We're seeing the Republic, which we've slash rebellion slash resistance, which has always been played up as the good guys. For the first time, we're seeing this group or these groups as the rest of the universe saw them, which is not as good people, as misguided, as power hungry, as wicked. So I think it's I agree with you. I don't want I don't want it to fixate on it, but which it's going to fixate on it some. But. I think it's worth us at this point getting into kind of what the rumors are about some of the things season two will hold. I don't want to cut you off though. Like tell me where your thoughts are on that. I I can get behind that. Um, I think that's an interesting way to go. I just, maybe with the X wings one, maybe introduce it with that. I don't think we need to go full into the Jedi. If the Jedi are so mysterious, why is this lady know the stuff about him and, you know, by name and all this stuff. And he's like, Oh, he probably has to do with that. Like if it's a mystery, then like, let it be a mystery. And maybe that's what they, figure out but they just drop it in this trailer that we said didn't even have that much information they just drop oh yeah by the way the word jedi is definitely going to be in this season but as long as we don't end up with a baby yoda doing backflips with a green lightsaber i think i'll be okay okay so let's get into um the first of our more or less confirmed rumors so it's technically a rumor but man at this point we pretty much know it's true so a character that we've talked about before on Nerd Association and that Star Wars fans uh, that go deeper into the lore and have watched more of the properties will know is the Luke name Skywalker. of Skywalker. Luke Skywalker. <laughs> is Ahsoka. Darth Vader. Yeah. At this, check off, I mean, you do check off all the boxes with what you just said there with Luke Skywalker. But no, I know that's not what you're talking about. Go ahead. Is Ahsoka Tano. So Ahsoka Tano was in first portrayed in the Clone Wars uh, animated series. Uh, which is set between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. And Ahsoka Tano is this Jedi Padawan who was the Padawan of Anakin Skywalker, um, who through a series of events is falsely accused of a murder and ousted from the Jedi Order. They find out she's innocent. They try to bring her back in, and she's like, you know what, actually, guys, you suck, and... Like, the Jedi aren't what they're supposed to be. Like, they're not peacekeepers. They're soldiers. And you're supposed to be doing the thing that is good and right, but it's all political. And she's like, you know what? Actually, peace. Peace out. And she leaves. And when we see her again in Star Wars Rebels, the animated Star Wars animated series that takes place between Revenge of the Sith and Rogue One slash A New Hope, Ahsoka is helping the Rebellion. And yes, she wields lightsabers, but... They are the blades of her white sabers are are white. She is she is not a Jedi. She is just a laser sword wielder, who who is force sensitive. And this this introduced a concept into Star Wars of the gray Jedi or the in between or this this person who 
is Force-sensitive but does not hold to any of these orders, the Jedi Order, the Sith Order. And so I think the fact... So she... So Ahsoka Tano is rumored to be in The Mandalorian Season 2, played by Rosario Dawson. So that pretty much confirms the rumor. Is that why? Because we have an actor attached to it? We have an actor attached to it and and has... Star Wars or, you know, Lucasfilm hasn't just said see Ahsoka Tano in season two of the Mandalorian. But like Rosario (laughs) Dawson has been cast. She has more or less confirmed via social media. That's the role she'll be playing. And we know she's good at playing aliens with her skin painted a different color. Yeah. Which would be the case here. They would add some cool horns too. But I think the, that it's interesting that if she's the one that, that comes into contact with the Mandalorian and the child, she's not a Jedi. And at this point in the universe, like the Jedi are no more. The there are a few survivors out there from Order sixty six. You know, more we learn about more and more of them all the time. But it's not like there's a Jedi Order to take Baby Yoda to. Um, so anybody that he's presented to is going to be some straggler of this ancient and now almost dead religion, right? And at this point in the lore, Luke Skywalker hasn't started his second Jedi Temple. Like that isn't an option. <laughs> so right. I, I think it'll be interesting that if she's the character that, that ends up kind of having contact with the child, if they were going to pick somebody who was force sensitive and powerful in the force, but also not a Jedi, like she's the option. So that'll be interesting because I, I uh, chops. I agree with you. It doesn't star Wars doesn't always have to be about Jedi. I think it's been interesting in the Mandalorian, how, the mo- the majority of the universe doesn't really know who the Jedi are. They don't remember mm-hmm. them. And it's because the Empire tried to erase all memory of them. But but people who even lived in the, the, the Republic days, most people never met a Jedi, and they only ever heard stories, and they were pretty fantastical. If you lived in the Outer Rim, a Jedi was a folk story to you. It wasn't a real person. I mean, that's what, isn't that what Luke says at the beginning of A New Hope? Well, right. Well, and think about yeah. um, think about in The Force Awakens where they're on the Millennium Falcon and they're like, well, I thought, wait, the Jedi, they were real? I thought that was just a bunch of, you know, those were all stories. Hokey religion. Yeah. Like, don't let him get you fooled in his old hokey religion stuff. That Does he call it Hocus Pocus? No, oh, yeah, that's what he calls it in A New Hope. Hokey old religions. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> yeah. Or he's basically like, yeah, okay. You hear some remnants of this talked about but it's not something that's a powerful right it's not a powerful overarching thought like i wonder what a wonder what a contemporary like thing of that would be in our world i don't know like would that be well it'd be like kind of like witchcraft well right well that's what i was saying like i was saying like a, that turned out to be real <laughs> well yeah but people who like claim to be able to speak to ghosts and things like that yeah. there for every person who's like i had a real experience that actually happened there are 20 people that are like, nope, you can prove that's not real. And so like th- you can let it kind of be whatever it is. And I think that's probably where the, I'm trying to think of how people would have perceived the Jedi in this time period. And maybe that's somewhere around where it except the psych, like Miss Cleo fought a war at some point and we heard that she was pretty good. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know like at what level we, we throw that in the mix, but like, yes, there are people who really know the history would then say, Oh yes, there were, 
these battles fought with Jedi, but they're all gone now. And yeah, we don't even know if that stuff's real. I think it's the same way that we as a society think about like stories about Merlin or, or people who sought the philosopher's stone, Nostradamus. Like we think of them as being Rasputin. Rasputin. Yeah. I mean, we think of these people larger than life. Some of them entirely fictional. Some of them like actual real people. But yeah, what if one day you found out indisputably like, no, Merlin was real. Nostradamus could see the future and Rasputin was immortal. Like, no, those things are true. That is how the Jedi are in in Star Wars at this time period amongst most of the galaxy. And of course, we as fans have never thought of them that way because we've always been in the thick of that action. <laughs> oh yeah, it, yeah. It's it's one of those the the perspective they've thrown they've kind of thrust onto all of us for all these years is, well, you guys know the Jedi are real because you get to see all the cool stuff. If everybody else got to see this stuff, they too would be right on board with like, oh yeah, Jedi. They're man, they're crazy. Like, sure. Oh, you know, it hearing it in this way will be a, an interesting way to do I it. Mean, Jedi would seem crazy running into a laser gunfight with nothing but a laser sword. Sure. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, imagine, yeah, any type of heavy artillery we have now, like, imagine going to fight in the, the know, katana. <laughs> in the, like, some dude just shows up in the Gulf War in the 90s, and Schwarzkopf's there, and there's just one guy with a blade, and he's like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> bring your tanks and you're like what and then that guy wins yeah no he's he's hitting your bullets with his blade yeah you believe like okay something happened but those those machines malfunctioned or something right the stories can't (laughs) be true believe that that guy did all that so yeah that's a good point that we never really tackle with star wars that like i this is something that i always debate with my you know very religious people in my life is like where would you have been like when you know, stuff happened in the, in the Bible that we read about. Would you have been one of these people who's like, Oh yeah, I'm totally on board. I'm one of the 12 disciples. I'm walking around. Or would you be like, nah, this guy's full of crap. Like probably for a lot of people, it would, if you be, if you're honest with yourself, you'd probably be on the other side of what you picture yourself to be. Right. And that's what we are with star Wars here is where it's like, ah, we all think we would, you know, jump right into that world and be like, yeah, the Jedi's it's like, nah, you'd, you'd probably be with the empire. I hate to say it, but <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people that probably would get sucked into that. We've all grown up, quote unquote, reading the Bible when it comes to Star Wars. We're hearing the stories right. of the heroes and the larger than life figures. But actually, most people in that universe are just trying to scratch out a living on some like backwater planet. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. And they're they're <laughs> hearing these tales. So now we get to see that from the other side. We get to and and conversely, when we have heard of the Mandalorian, like, or the Mandalorians, the, the, the group of people, right. It's, it's again, we've gotten little specs. I know there's, there's definitely lore to go into that. I know Daniel's way more versed and probably than you or I are chops, but I know yeah. for, for sure. I just, but I'm saying like, now we get to kind of live that perspective and understand so much more. And we got that from season one. So now this will be a really interesting way to tell the same story or get around the same universe, I guess. Sure. Like, I kind of like the idea. It's almost like a video game where you're role playing and you just get to jump into, all right, now you're, you are a Jedi or that's this is cool to kind of jump into each of the different characters and see the world through their view for a couple seasons. This is going to be fun. I remember saying that about the, uh, the first season that it felt like a video game. Like each episode felt like a level. And then like, you could like very clearly when he's on like, uh, when he's stranded on the one planet, he has to go fight that big monster. I'm like, well, that's a boss battle. 
And like, I thought the season had a, a video game feel to it. And it was probably because I've never watched like the Clone Wars and stuff. Uh, so it was the first like episodic television version of Star Wars I've really taken in. Well, and John Favreau and Dave Filoni talked about the idea that season one for them was like picking up their Star Wars action figures and crashed them together. Like they treated <laughs> yeah, it right. that way <laughs> as, yeah. a, as a chance to explore these things. And at that point, I, I mean, now it seems like a foregone conclusion that there would be a season two and a season three. But at that point, they just knew that like, hey, we have a chance to do cool things with characters and smash our Star Wars figures together and... So let's go ahead and do that for a season and see if it's, you know, throw it against the wall and see if it sticks. So those are that like that touches on maybe one of the biggest sort of conceptual arcs. Another big conceptual arc for the series is Moff Gideon and the Darksaber being half of that because the Darksaber is super important to the Mandalorian people. And then the rumored... Um, almost confirmed appearance of either Boba Fett or Boba Fett's armor, which we can get into in a second. So with the Darksaber, have we talked about the Darksaber as a group of friends? We've never talked about it on the show. I know know that, Daniel, you and I have had conversations about it. And Chops, I think you were standing... I mean, again, this was six months ago and we could actually see humans. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember if we've talked about it on the podcast or just in person. But either way refresh us the tldr version of dark saber is a long long time ago there was a mandalorian who was also a jedi and crafted a a lightsaber that had a black blade and then he disappeared into history and his dark saber was held in the archives of the jedi temple at one point when there were lots and lots of sith the sith were assaulting coruscant the homeworld of the republic the mandalorians joined forces with the sith and took back this Darksaber from the Jedi Temple while they were sacking Coruscant. From that time on, the Darksaber was this important relic of the Mandalorian people, and the person who wielded the Darksaber was the Mandalorian, as in the leader of the Mandalorian people. Which is why the title of this entire series is either a giant spoiler, or it's, I mean, we. this is like, this is the part that I did not get when I first watched it that you had to explain to me, is that this is what we seem to be building towards is that he's not just the Mandalorian to random people who never interact with Mandalorians. He may be the the Mandalorian and this may have bigger connotations coming at us. And there's a stitch with that. So, and I'll, I'll tell you what this remind, we're going to come back to the word stitch. So stitch. So in the clone wars, and Star Wars Rebels, we get to see more about the Mandalorian as an the Mandalorians as a people and the sort of internal conflicts that they've gone through. They had always been a warrior race, but then there were people who came along who wanted to try to make them more peaceful and civilized, and then there was a big civil war amongst the Mandalorians. And the Darksaber still was the thing that crowned the leader. Uh, eventually it ended up in the hands of Darth Maul, well then just Maul, who killed the Mandalore, the head of the Mandalorian people, and became the Mandalore. And so then it all went into ruin, and eventually the man, the Darksaber ends up in the hands of a character named Bo-Katan. And Bo-Katan is the sister of the Duchess, who was the, the one who wanted to make the Mandalorians peaceful and was assassinated. And her sister, who was more warlike, ends up with the Darksaber in in star wars rebels and that's the last time we see it until we then see it later in the hands of moff gideon 
So after season one, there were a lot of questions like, how does this, you know, chump end up with this <laughs> precious relic of the Mandalorian people? And one of the answers that the conclusions that people came to was, well, during the, the siege of Mandalore, you know, the Mandalorian people were conquered by the Empire. This is why all of the best scars in the hands of the Empire, right? Because they stole all the most valuable resources. And at some point, this relic of the Mandalorian people ended up in this guy's pocket, you know, in the same way that, like, Nazis stole <laughs> art during yeah, World War II. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Is it Moff Gideon, the reason he has is because he's a war criminal and he just took it. Yeah, bingo. <laughs> So a lot of rumor was, well, if he got it from anybody, he got it from Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan in the cartoon is voiced by Katie Sackhoff, who played uh, Starbuck in Battlestar Galactica and some other things. And it is all but confirmed at this point that Katie Sackhoff is going to be the first person who voiced a Star Wars character and then gets to play them in live action. That she's actually going to be in Mandalorian Season 2 as Bo-Katan, the former leader of the Mandalorian people, perhaps the once and future queen, so to speak. Mm. So here's the stitch. <laughs> the title, the Mandalorian might not be about Din Djarin. <laughs> All right. Yeah, of course <laughs> it might still be, but it might not be. Mm. Um, so the her, so there's another casting rumor that in fact, this character Bo-Katan. So we have Ahsoka Tano. We have Bo-Katan. I talked about Boba Fett. Question about Boba Fett. Yeah. Cause I've thought about this before. I've heard it brought up before and it makes you think, the big thing about the Mandalorian, you know, the the race of people, they don't take their helmet off, right? Yes, though. Boba Fett or his dad or both of them have been seen with their helmet off and Mandalorians don't take their helmet off. So what's up with that? So um, we don't know for sure, except that in the Clone Wars, in Star Wars Rebels, in the prequel movies, Mandalorians take their helmets off all the time. So... It is a seems that it is a more recent thing that came after the Siege of Mandalore, this code of taking your helmet off. And I think it's because the, the Mandalorians were cut so thin as a people that they had to all sort of start blending together. The, the idea of if you don't take your helmet off, then you're just like any other Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. You kind of all are the same, which is also where the idea of the Mandalorian comes in, because to the average viewer all Mandalorians look the same because they all wear the same armor. They can be interchangeable. They can be the man with no name kind of character. Mm -hmm. So you're right, Chops. It is weird. We never in the, in the original trilogy, Boba Fett is a pretty small character, all things considered. And we never see him without his helmet. We don't see him enough for that to seem weird to us. <laughs> so now here are, here's a rumor and we'll deal with it. Tamora Morrison has also been, been confirmed to be in in the Mandalorian season two, Tamora Morrison played Jango Fett in uh, Attack of the Clones, father of mm -hmm. Boba Fett. And since then, because if you recall, he was the genetic material from which all of the clone troopers were taken. Yeah. In all of the animated series and things since then, Tamora Morrison has voiced all of the clones. So yeah. anytime you see a clone, oh, wow. he voices it. And also, okay. the original trilogy of Star Wars movies has been edited so that now it's Tamora Morrison's voice as Boba Fett. So, and he would be about the right age now for being in the prequels and where the Mandalorian is. Bingo. So now here are two theories or perhaps a third theory. One, 
Tamora Morrison is playing Boba Fett. Now, Boba Fett in Return of the Jedi fell into the Sarlacc pit. But right. there, there's been speculation forever that, well, he's a badass and he crawled out, right? Well, that would, that would almost be a really compelling thing to show on, oh, I don't know, say a long-form television series sure. where you <laughs> an entire season with perhaps occasional flashbacks that would allow you to see some moments that you... Now, maybe not, because maybe... Maybe it's better to just leave that to the imagination, right? But yeah, like certainly that's an easy thing that could be done. You could figure out a way that he got out of there. And if yeah. that is the case, here's an interesting thing. You have Boba Fett, who for many people was the stereotypical Mandalorian forever until the new, you know, the prequel trilogy and the new shows, meeting this new version of the Mandalorian who has all these codes and credos and things. To Boba Fett, that would seem very weird. <laughs> so now... <laughs> You're going to have two man, quote unquote Mandalorians who have very different ideas of what it means to be a Mandalorian kind of butting up against one another. So that would be interesting. It's yeah. Like Boba Fett would like rise from the ashes, so to speak out of the Sarlacc pit and come back and be like, what the hell's all this? Right. This isn't what we do. And I also picture him though, like walking into the hipster Mandalorian coffee shop and be like, ah, oh, these kids today with the yeah. cones, <laughs> adherence to rules. I didn't do any of that. Also right. what I'm hearing is, Mandalorian Christmas special confirmed. Yes. That's where Boba Fett came from. Exactly. Very good. Now, version two of Tamora Morrison is okay. He also voiced every single clone trooper. If you will remember that even in the movies, clone troopers were assigned to a Jedi who was their general and then eventually turned on and killed them. Well, Ahsoka Tano had a clone trooper that was assigned to her. And that was a character named Captain Rex. And Captain Rex was one of the few clone troopers who, when Order 66 was triggered, was able to snap himself out of it eventually and help her escape from being killed. Interesting. So if Ahsoka Tano is in Season of the Mandalorian and in in Star Wars Rebels, they were separated, but eventually found each other again and became old buds like they used to be. So... It's also possible that Tamora Morrison is playing Captain Rex, who is accompanying Ahsoka Tano, and now they just, like, roll together. That's their posse. So that's also an option. The other thing about uh, Boba Fett and his armor is that Timothy Oliphant is apparently also in the cast of Mandalorian Season 2. I did not know that, but I'm a big Tim Oliphant Oliphant fan. So who who, who do you know him best as? Uh, you know, I am, I am a big fan of, uh, justified that show. I enjoyed him very much. And that would fit right in line with the space Western. Well, okay. So rumor has it that Timothy Oliphant is going to be playing a character named Cobb Vanth. And in the star Wars books that follow. So there's a series of books called empires or aftermath that deals with the state of the galaxy after return of the Jedi. And in those books, Cobb Vanth is a guy who lives on Tatooine who starts this settlement called, I think it's Freetown, and is the sheriff of Freetown. Oh, yeah. That's... <laughs> and, he, and he lends credence to himself as being this sort of badass gunslinger. Yeah. Because he found this set of Mandalorian armor in the desert of Tatooine, not uh, too far from the Sarlacc pit. Nice. Ding, ding, That's, ding. That's uh... That's something I'd be very interested in as a, like, I feel like they have the opportunity. They don't have to do a ton of these, but kind of more of those like bottle type episodes like they did with 
Bill Burr as Mayfield mm -hmm. in the first season, where it's just like this side mission where it, it's funny. JLo just got me started watching Buffy. And it, it's kind of the opposite balance there because it's just a bunch of like episodic ones with like a through line story. But like the Mandalorian, I feel like can benefit off that by just doing some side shoot stories that are just fun to watch. Sure. Yeah, they, I, I think there is some level of satisfaction if you're going to spend so long. Not that, again, I'm not, a, they want to do seven seasons of trying to figure out where where the child goes and, and all that stuff. I'm, I'm cool with it because we're going to do a lot of fun stuff along the way but you're going to then have to have some resolution throughout the season. Yeah. Give your audience just some feelings of, all right, we accomplished something today. I, I and watched this show and I got something out of it. And, and it's now next week, there'll be something new that I can get into, but this, this started crested, there was drama and it resolved itself. And it that's the roots of fantasy sci-fi shows on television. Yes. Right. It, it, feels very much like even watching to go to the archetype like old you know star trek or whatever you want to mm -hmm. throw in there as your archetype but yeah i mean there, there's plenty of good examples of that so that should be yeah i i really like that idea actually and i, I do like exploring with these one-off characters for a show and really getting into everything with them and then it's like all right and then you just dump everything into that one performance actor or actress who's yeah, and it's a cool way to get. And then we're done with you, and you don't have to necessarily, or you can make an appearance next season sometime. You can swing back in, and we can have some fun with that again. Yeah, it's a cool way to give guest stars an opportunity to be in Star Wars because that's always the thing with the movie is they there's all these rumors of like, oh, Daniel Craig was this stormtrooper, and Simon Pegg was the guy with the three portions, and like it was these really tiny cameo roles where they're not even there. But now you can say an actor, hey, want to be in the Star Wars universe, and you actually get to play a character that like is a part of a story, even if it's just for an episode. Can I just pause there and say, can you imagine being one of those actors who gets that where then now for the rest of your life, if nothing else in your career pans out, you're going to have <laughs> comic con every year. You're going to have all kinds of things you can just show up to and get a nice little paycheck to show up, answer a couple questions, put a mask on or put an outfit on or do none of that and take a picture with a bunch of people who are dressed up like your character for the rest of your life. That's Pretty good gig if you can get it, I would say. Werner yeah. Herzog is going to go to a ton of Comic-Cons. I can <laughs> yeah. totally see that in his future. Uh, yeah, definitely. He's definitely so <laughs> can't wait to get out and do that. Before, um, before we get, you know, the other thing I just want to, before we get too far away from the Boba Fett thing and then we're moving on, is it would be, or the armor thing, it would be interesting. Okay, so Tamora Morrison doesn't play Boba Fett, let's say, and I think that's the most likely answer. I think tr he's not going to. He's going to be playing Captain Rex. But Boba Fett's armor is going to show up. Now you have an episode in which the Mandalorian, Din Jaren, meets with a person who's just wearing Mandalorian armor for the giggles. Oh, yeah. And, just because it's cool. And Cobb Vanth is this like lawful good dude trying to do good things. But guess what? The Mandalorian is going to kill him uh -huh. if for no yeah. other reason than he's disrespecting what it means. So I think there's going to be an episode where the Mandalorian has to question what it is that makes a Mandalorian. Is it the armor? You know, sure. in the same way that like he had to, the 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 child baby Yoda is a foundling, which means he's now a Mandalorian, a a f super force sensitive being is now a Mandalorian, which challenged uh, a lot of conceptions about what he thought a Mandalorian was. If they make a little baby Yoda suit of Mandalorian <laughs> armor, every little kid's going to dress up as that for Halloween. Google it because there's a ton of awesome fan art out there of, yeah. of the baby Yoda. Um, also, I, 
it's it's kind of starting to sound like perhaps the Mandalorian is an avatar for the the part of the Star Wars fan base that just cannot wrap their heads around anything other than Luke Skywalker and this is the way it has to always like literally the phrase this is yeah. the way like like it it is funny how I'm not sure that they meant for that to happen but it would be cool if that's kind of the message of this from Favreau and everybody else involved is like hey uh, we're challenging all your notions on this stuff so yeah some guys wearing Mandalorian armor not a Mandalorian. What are you going to do about right. that, Mando? Like, what are you going to do in there? Are you going to you know, blow his head off or are you going to like realize there's room for, you know, bad cosplay or whatever? Sure. You know, now, equate it to. do you remember in the episode with the the assassin on Tatooine and at the very end, she's laying there, we presume a corpse, and somebody walks up to her with the spurs and everyone said, oh, it's Boba Fett. Right. Because that's the only character that makes that noise in the Star Wars galaxy. In fact, it's Cobb Vanth. <laughs> ah, there you go. And they planted the seed wearing for him. Wearing the Boba Fett armor, yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, I do think it's interesting how they're sort of tackling the dogma and, like, making Mando look at whether or not, like, is this useful? Is it good? Is the way, is it really about a suit of armor or is it about a credo of, like, helping the helpless and trying sure. to reestablish your people? Um, oh, almost that like rules are good in a society as long as they don't become the society and they're not the only thing we ever care about. Correct. We have to care about people behind them. What a what a timely message that. Could be. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who would need to hear it. It's just a message that's out there. Now, who knows? yeah. Jeez. Ding ding ding. <laughs> um, now, one other sort of uh, so there there are other like cameos and things that are rumored, but one that I think the trailer um, brought into sharp focus was a particular professional wrestler. Boy, if only we had somebody on the show that knew something about professional wrestling. Yeah, so uh, Sasha Banks is rumored to be in The Mandalorian as, is it Sabina? Sabine Wren? Sabine Wren, yes, yeah, sorry. Um, so I know more, I will admit, I know more about Sasha Banks than I do about Sabine Wren, which is fine. That, <laughs> that's part of the fun of The Mandalorian is I'm getting to explore the extended universe in a way that's a little easier for me to handle. I knew she, that, that Sasha Banks was rumored to be in it. I didn't know that was the role. Well, that's just one of the rumors floating out well, there. That well, um, that one would make sense. So remember when I told you that there was a person, that the Darksaber made its way to Bo-Katan? Okay, it was in the yes. hands of Sabine Wren who found it in in Darth Maul's like hideout and brought it back to, she was also a Mandalorian and brought it back to her people. Sabine Wren was an integral part of the rebellion. And yeah. so to have her be the end and, and new Ahsoka Tano and they were like buds. In fact, the last episode of Star Wars Rebels, they show Ahsoka Tano and Sabine Wren like getting in a spaceship and flying off together. Ah, and see, so, yes. So it's very possible that if Sasha Banks is playing Sabine Wren, that would make perfect sense. Actually, I hadn't heard that, but I think oh, I yeah, wondered about it. <laughs> that's the so that is the that is the rumor that I saw. It could totally be wrong, obviously. Sure. But to give you a little background on Sasha Banks and why it's kind of a big deal that she's there. So she's been in wrestling for many years, and uh, she is one of the what they call like the four horsemen or four horse women, if you will, of wrestling where she's one of the first female wrestlers who broke through to the kind of male dominated sport and put on matches along with Charlotte Flair, Ric Flair's daughter, uh, a few others like Bailey, 
where they put on matches that they headlined WrestleMania. They, you know, jumped, they had steel cage matches. They, you know, ladder matches, which are stuff that usually only the big brawny guys got right. to do. Now they, they have had, you know, so she's been a real trendsetter and extremely popular within the WWE community. So for people who are into WWE and also star Wars, and if she is playing a character like Sabine Wren, this is going to explode people's brains. Yeah, that would actually be awesome. I was kind of, I was hoping with all these other cameos we were getting of that group of Star Wars characters, it was like, well, it would make sense for Sabine Wren to show up since she was also a Mandalorian and part of the Rebellion. Yeah, and her, now again, I'm very curious to see. Now, Sasha Banks is not her real name. It's Mercedes Justine Kessner Varnardo. Um, But Sasha, so Sasha Banks. is still a cool name. Right. Yes, it is. But it's, yeah, as you can tell, it's kind of a mouthful for saying on a wrestling promo and Vince McMahon, not known for embracing, you know, he yeah. likes diversity, but not exactly in it comes to naming wrestlers. He <laughs> tries to dumb it down. But anyway, so Sasha Banks is a character she plays and her character has recently undergone kind of a big heel turn in the last year, uh, meaning obviously she's a villain. So she's got the range to kind of explore a character. And I, I know that sounds weird when we're talking about wrestlers, but she has always been one of the most popular wrestlers. Her persona is great. And she's always been someone who can, you know, get the crowd to kind of turn on either her if she needs to for the story or get them to turn on the person she's about to wrestle. Like she's very good at that. So well, well look at Gina Carano she- who came, yeah, from, right. came from, you know, mixed martial arts and, and I thought was awesome, you know, in the first season. Yeah, and in her way, though, like it's what I guess I'm saying is, uh, you know, Mercedes, the the actual person who plays Sasha Banks, will like she is actually proven to be a very good actress in right. another way, in a weird way, but a way. So I'm I'm really curious to see if they just it might just be like I'm building all this up, and then she shows up. I guess if it's Sabine Wren, it won't be right, but if she just shows up and is in like one episode for ten minutes, and it's just like oh there she is, and then leaves that doesn't seem to make sense right it seems like they would be putting her in there for a little bit more of a role well but think about okay so um cara dune is one of the like three main characters of season one of the mandalorian she's in three episodes right (laughs) you know what i mean so you can be you're right right. you can be a big character in this series and not have to be center stage i think that would be a really cool idea to have her in that role small tangent off i was just gonna say kind of what t-bone was saying i think uh people you know, if you're doubting the chops of, no pun intended there, if you're <laughs> doubting the, the acting chops of somebody who's in the WWE, just look at the people who dive in, who like come from other places in sport, who try to act along with the, you know, the Gronks of the world and stuff like that. And it's pretty clear that actually they're pretty good at acting. Well, yeah, The Rock yeah. and Dave Batista are two examples of people who have done pretty well for themselves. <laughs> you know? And John Cena! Well, I wouldn't say he's a great actor, but he's lovable enough dun, that he dun, finds himself dun. into things. As we've talked about, he's uh, he's going to soon be in. Uh, I don't want to say the sci-fi realm, but he's certainly... The Suicide the Squad. The Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad reboot, yes. Yeah. The, uh, like, I mean, that's... He's yes, that this it's not an uncommon thing to see. You know, obviously the rock has had plenty of sci-fi and fantasy roles as well. So yeah. And, and Batista with, you know, guardians, guardians of the galaxy, of the galaxy in particular. So it's, yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's certainly a, a niche that has become a little bit of a broader transitional acting thing. So 
And there has been rumors for whatever it's worth with Sasha Banks. I think these have been mostly quelled now, but there was a point where she was rumored to be just like out of the WWE and leaving and didn't like it. And she's for also in case this is of note, she is uh, Snoop Dogg's first cousin. Oh. So, and he helped her with her career as far as developing her character. You obviously, if you're going to get hit in the face with a chair, there's nothing Snoop Dogg can really do for you on that. But <laughs> well, he hey, can he help can help you with the medicine after. Damn it, yeah, chops! Okay. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I beat you to it. Crap. Fair enough. But but as far as like, I'm just saying, developing the character and stuff. So she, I mean, she does have ties as well within the entertainment world that you know certainly I could see how someone might say this is cool that I got this WWE thing. That's not all I want to do. Right. You know, and you know, I'm sure this would, this could be a natural step. So that's a very curious angle for me, just from a, we're big fans of Sasha Banks in my house. My daughter had a sixth birthday party that was all Sasha Banks themed and tweeted a photo of it at her. And she actually DM'd us and told us, thank you for that's awesome picture. And so now my wife is like Sasha Banks for life. And next you know, year your daughter will life. have a Sabine Wren themed birthday party. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> We're all, if, if she find well, she will find this out, but if she just sees it naturally and I don't tell her, you guys tell me, should I break, should I tell her that she's in this or just let her watch it? Cause we watched well, season one and she loved it. Let her figure it out in case there's a chance she doesn't recognize her based on a costume or makeup or something. Well, we, and if we she saw her in the trailer and she her. looked like herself. No, I think let yeah. it be a surprise. That's fun. Yeah, I think that's what I'm going to do. Just leave it, leave it alone. And we'll, we'll have that to look forward to in, you know, six weeks or whenever, you know, whenever her episode is, if she's sure. just one episode. So I want to talk about, I think that's all for, oh, um, Michael Bean, who was in the Aliens and Terminator is also in, but there's no word about what his role is at this point. So take that for, but I don't want to leave him out because he's right. also one of the like big names that's being pushed as being like a, a celebrity or, a, you know what i'm saying a famous actor who's coming on board right, yeah mm-hmm. so let's talk about worlds because one of the fun things about star wars is the cool planets you get to go to so we almost certainly are going back to tatooine and we are almost certainly going back to oh i'm blanking this the grief Oz? cargas planet oh um oh yeah, it did. Uh, all the Star Wars, like d- the d- the nerds that are deeper than me, are screaming at me right now. But anyway, um, we know he's in it, and in fact, like looks pretty spiffed up in the the sh- the shots we've seen in the trailer. He's got a new outfit; it's super cool. But two of the big uh, rumors or like sort of speculation are about the ice planet and about the water planet. Let's start with the water planet. Uh, if you're going to quote Star Wars, the first most famous line you're going to quote is, wait for it. No, I am your father. <laughs> and then the second most likely line that you're going to quote is. May the force be with you. Oh, shit. Well, then probably the third one, which is. <laughs> it's a trap. Um, yeah, there you go. So. Yes. Uh, Admiral Akbar was a member of the Mon Calamari race. Yes. His name was Calamari. And yes. uh, the water world that we see with the boat, which is cool in Star Wars to see a boat, is crewed by Quarren and Mon Calamari. So it ch- And the Quarren are also from the same planet as Admiral Akbar's people. And Mon Calamari was also one of the places that the Empire cracked down on especially hard because of how much support they gave to the Rebellion. 
in ships mostly. Most of the cool big capital ships you see in the original trilogy are Mon Calamari cruisers. So chances are that we're going to go to Mon Cala is the name of the planet, which is cool because, you know, it's a Star Wars planet that's been there since the original trilogy that we're now getting to see in live action for the first time. You'll also remember that in season one, when uh, the Mandalorian turned down being paid in Imperial credits, he offered him uh, Mon Calamari flan, the like jelly looking coins. (laughs) So that could have been a, a little Easter egg or whatever. And then the ice planet. Chops, you said Hoth. Yes. That's a, a good is it? that's a good guess. But I don't yeah. but I don't think it is. The speculation right now, put a pin in the word the speculation right now. John Favreau has already said that in this season there will be a little bit of touching on the origins of the first order, the bad guy group we see in the yes. sequel trilogy. Yeah. It's quite possible that Moff Gideon is among those who is part of that sort of imperial remnant that becomes the First Order. And we're also to understand that at the same time that this is going on, based on other books and other media, that Starkiller Base is already being built. Starkiller Base was built on a sacred, a planet that was sacred to the Jedi because... It was completely full of kyber crystals. All of the be- all the best weapons in Star Wars are powered by kyber crystals. Yes. Including Starkiller Base. That planet is called Ilum. And before the rise of the Empire and of the First Order, Ilum was home to one of the most sacred Jedi temples, and it's where many young like younglings would go to to find the crystal that spoke to them that would then become their lightsaber crystal. There's an episode in the Clone Wars in which Ahsoka Tano takes a group of younglings to Ilum with Yoda to help them find their kyber crystal that will become their lightsaber crystal. Oh, wow. And it is an ice planet, and you walk into a cavern to get into the Jedi Temple. (laughs) If you're looking for information on the Jedi and where maybe Baby Yoda's place is in this world, going to Ilum might be somewhere you're led. And if Ahsoka Tano were to hide out somewhere that was fairly remote and also had a connection to the Force, Ilum might be a good place. Um, so that, But that's also, you have to think about the fact that Starkiller Base is being actively built on Ilum. That complicates things. But there is a Jedi video game, Jedi Fallen Order, where the plot takes you to Ilum and you have to kind of sneak around what's going on there. So not out of the question that that could be. In fact, it's probably the most likely. Uh, the other one that is possible... Yeah, because Hoth doesn't really have much going on. Right. right? It's, it's completely desolate. Yeah. Which, and not to say that he couldn't be going there, but I don't know what on Hoth there would necessarily be of narrative importance. Um, there, there would be a thing they call a callback. That's what Well, yeah. <laughs> but, keep, well, but keep in mind, Dave Filoni was the showrunner for Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels, and so any chance right. he gets yeah. to like throw in something from that, he's probably going to do. That's um, true. The, no, I, and I think you're probably right on that. I'm just, there's always yeah. a way oh, to yeah. <laughs> horn in some old, you know, from the original trilogy. Just yeah, I to... wonder, I wonder if Hoth has a much, has much fan service value. If people <laughs> even get that excited. Oh, they like, well, yeah, that's Hoth. Maybe, well, I mean, you could throw in one of the, the ATAT walkers like falling down in the ice. And a wampa like chewing on something. Yeah. Okay, and that's, that's something I really appreciated from watching the Mandalorian season one is that, I am someone who definitely would pick up the references from 
the movies more or less, but extended universe stuff is the stuff that I probably is going over my head 90% of the time, unless like Daniel and I are watching it at the same time. And then he can, you know, Oh, did you catch that? And it's like, no, I, <laughs> wait, no, I have heard that name. Explain that to me. No. You know, the way that so we sit on the couch and watch Mandalorian together. <laughs> yes, it's such a great picture. I wish it was happening with our big no, old bowl saying, of popcorn. No, but the, I like that the Mandalorian always when given an option, tended to veer towards fan service if they did it towards the extended universe stuff and sure. not just hey you guys have seen all the big movies I, I know i'm saying that about a character that is based to look somewhat like boba fett and a character that's based somewhat to look like yoda but, <laughs> but other than those two gigantic parts of the character everything else about that world was largely taken from extended universe stuff which brought me more into the mix and got me more excited about some of that stuff. And those two characters that were very fan service, he also subverted everything about Boba Fett yeah. and Yoda. <laughs> right, exactly right. Yes, not everything, but a lot of things. No, well, I think... Question what Yoda was more than you ever had, and yeah, I think that's true. In a way that it would have been nice if the sequel trilogy, and this is another episode, but if it, <laughs> in a way that it would have been nice if they paid off, they had the opportunity to pay off some of the fans who were extended universe nerds and didn't. They chose not to do that. The Mandalorian is doing that, and it, or at least it seems like it's going to be paying off but 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 also not at the expense of alienating people who don't know anything about it. You're still going to be able to watch season two and enjoy the hell out of it, I hope. But you're not going to go, well, now, wait a minute. I don't understand this. <laughs> right. Well, and, and that's where like the dark, like for the dark saber stuff, like when when that moment happened, it was just a cool moment in the first season mm -hmm. someone like me who did not pick up on what was going on there sure but yeah, you don't have to get what the dark saber is for that to happen and you'd be like that seems important yeah it's important and that's cool and what is that and i also have faith that they're going to explain that to me at some point you know well sure in a way that's not that's not going to be like ham-fisted for the people who already know well i think it's going to be the appearance of the character who's coming back and saying hey that belongs to me <laughs> yes right and so even then that's in, that enough of that's enough of a dramatic device to just say oh okay well i'm in because right. this person has this thing and this other person wants it we're good yeah but for the people who know all the backstory some of that can be revealed and it can just be a wink and a nod and the people who know all the deeper back stuff will then say thank you for ex yes thank you for confirming that that's what i I knew that's what that was. It's Thank you. It's yeah. almost like media can be enjoyed on multiple different levels. There's no yes, one right it, way to enjoy it. It almost is. Again, <laughs> the Mandalorian preaching to the choir on let's just let Star Wars be Star Wars. Sure. Let's just enjoy. Yeah. Um, the, not to, to end this segment on cool worlds on a downer note, but there's also one more that's possible, but also most more speculation than sense, which is, you know, okay. how they have the like sort of run down um planet that looks more like a city like a more of an urban environment yes. we presume it's where the like gamorian the pig people are fighting the fights mm -hmm. are going on so the speculation is that that is uh nar shada and you're gonna say that's silly what's nar shada nar shada is the moon of a planet named nal hutta now what would nal hutta make you think of job of the hut bingo yeah. that's where the species the hut comes from and okay. so Nar Shaddaa is like one of the seediest crime capitals in the universe. 
Oh, interesting. And so it could make sense that the Mandalorian might go to a seedy crime place to lay low and find information. And the pig people that the huts like to use as guards are on this planet being used as fight to the death entertainment. <laughs> By the way, we didn't even get to talk about, you mentioned briefly the fight scene that, yeah. that does appear kind of right in at that, right around that same part of the trailer. And I was trying to think of how many times we have seen like a visual of someone getting stabbed or being impaled other would not with a lightsaber sure in the star Wars, like, just in the movies let's say yeah because even the even the laser bullets just kind of like spark like there's not even sure, like yeah. real like yeah like blunt trauma injuries i mean as far as you think of like the violence of star wars and the times where it gets even a little touch gory if there is that i mean what do you have like very you have episode four right i mean you have you know a new hope you have the the cantina scene right mm-hmm. like where yeah uh Yes, where Obi-Wan takes the guy's arm off, and that's... I'm trying to think, like, am I missing? Like, and then you have... Well, I'm going to spoil something for you, I think. Okay. So, there are some rumors about return characters from the first season who are returning in the second season. I think it's most likely they will probably return on this crime-ridden planet where they find, track down the Mandalorian and try to exact vengeance. Where we've seen somebody stabbed was in episode six, The Prisoner, and Shion, whose favorite weapon was knives, liked to throw them into people's chests. Right. I think that Bill Burr Burr is already confirmed to be coming back, uh, and I think that the crew that that the Mando left on that prison ship and and then killed her brother, by the way, uh, probably show up right when Mando's in a bad situation and kill those who are attacking him and then immediately try to do their vengeance. (laughs) So Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, no, I, I think that's, and that's a good point too. It's, uh, I'm, I'm just, I, I, I enjoy the fact that they're kind of getting away from everything has to be, as we saw in the first season, like super family friendly. Well, and not everything has to be a blaster and not everything has to be a lightsaber. Like that's, that's good. Like I, I'm very excited to yeah. just continue watching star Wars and seeing it's just such from a storytelling angle, it's such a robust world to be able to just what do you want to do? Do you want to go do gritty crime stuff? Like, okay, yeah. cool. We can find a planet for that. Oh, do you want to do like wilderness adventure where we got to, you know, build a little <laughs> lean to and kill a boar looking creature and eat it? Like, yeah, we got that. Like you can find whatever you want in Star Wars. So I like Yeah, that. and it's cooler because it's smaller stories. It's not a fake moon that's blowing up planets. <laughs> Every it's the guy it's a guy walking around with a child, which what is essentially a child looking for yeah. what, what is this thing? What do I do with it? Yeah, which we're really, uh, and you guys aren't there yet, but it is a metaphor for being a parent. It is totally just like, what am I? <sighs> annoying. Like, I have to take care of it. I got to, <laughs> is it really mine? Do I, uh, he's going to be with me everywhere. All right. And then once an episode, it does something cute and it's all worth it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so you're like, all right. That's fine. <laughs> well, yeah, we have, we have managed to get an hour into recording and not talk about the best moment of the trailer which is yeah. baby Yoda seeing the whistling birds emerge and reaching forward and pushing the button on his hover pram to close the lid, <laughs> which is so yeah, excellent. That yeah. is, And that's where the Mandalorian just, to me, exceeds a lot of the product that Star Wars has ever made. And I'm not trying to disparage other parts of Star Wars, but just where you have these moments where everything is tense, everything is big stakes, 
and then the best moments of star wars is when humor is infused into drama and mm-hmm. you can just remember we're just having fun mm-hmm. this is just a good time and then like the best i think the best sci-fi and fantasy projects always do that like they always have a moment where you just okay that was heavy but we're laughing now like that's that was fun like right i think that's why people like guardians so much just because it always had that and yeah you know they and have- it, it when you, if you have a director like john favreau and or a creator at least that has like the right tone and knows how to hit those marks correctly it yeah. doesn't seem out of place and it yeah it just lifts the story and makes it more enjoyable because nobody wants to watch a bunch of a whole season of star wars stories where it's all just a slog and it's uh it's a problem with the we've talked about this many times like the dc Zack snyder movies yes right and by the way those are the moments because now i watch everything a little bit with the lens of like what my kids are watching just because i'm trying to think about that and Mm -hmm. that moment in the trailer that's the moment that will get my kids to watch another episode of it you Mm -hmm. know just that little park is even they can enjoy that even if they do yeah. all this other stuff we've talked about it's like no that was just that was funny he hit his little button and hit and then boom there was a big fight and- well and i <laughs> i think it's exciting too because it gives an indication and throughout the trailer you hear the child babbling and like we're gonna hear the child probably say his first word in this season you True. can tell he's like having a more cogent uh, grasp on reality and like the fact yeah. that he very quickly reaches up and pushes his button shows that he's thinking above the level of like a, a baby baby he might be a, just a toddler yes. but still not only can register that it's this is a moment where he needs to be protected but knows how to do something to protect himself right well and again i have a one-year-old in our house right now and it was <laughs> a big moment when she figured out when she'd spit her pacifier out in her crib to just like look over, grab it, and shove it back in her mouth. Mm-hmm. It was it was a big win in our family. So I'm saying, <laughs> I, as a parent, I can relate to those moments of like, yes, good for you. Oh, you figured out how to keep yourself a little bit better than. Oh, you look, were you yet. can hold your head up now. Wow, yes, oh, that's exactly right. And then this one, it's like, oh, good, you can summon the force a little bit better, or whatever we're calling that. You know how to use the force in a little bit better way than just when you get terrified and freak out right like and yeah and you don't maybe this time when you use it you don't pass out afterwards right and yes. and, and like a near-death experience poop your pants let's be honest the, the child was certainly <laughs> yeah, pooping yeah. his pants every time he used yeah. the force <laughs> i do i do think that we also if we're going to explore all that we need to explore like where is the diaper bag and <laughs> how much money's been put into a college fund like we just need to have these answered in this season that's all i'm really looking for that's very where, good where, when are they going on his preschool interview yes that's exactly right yeah <laughs> so i that's the like the breakdown of the trailer more or less um and all of the rumors surrounding it other than what we've already talked about what are some things you'd like to see in season two or or questions from season one you'd like to have answered in the upcoming season um i mean something that i would really like to see obviously for me, I, I guess I'm probably in the, I don't know if I'm in the minority or the majority on this, but I would like to find out a little bit about, all right, I want, I kind of want resolution on the child and where he goes, but I don't necessarily need to see him be dropped off there. You know what I mean? Like it would be nice if they could actually maybe go visit, see that, okay, this is where he's air quotes belongs, but for some reason he can't go there now. And so the quest continues, but 
you know what I mean? I don't, I don't know if there's, is it ever going to pay off if we go two or three seasons and then we find out, okay, this is, here we go. Here's the planet of, you know, Yoda people like, or whatever, like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, I feel like it would be better to just kind of let's get that out of the way. And, and then we can not just constantly be looking at that one goal. You know what I mean? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe more people would rather see that. No, I, I, series. I think most people, uh, quite frankly, I think most like more hardcore star Wars fans are afraid of them of like flushing out the, the Yoda species and would oh, quite okay. f- frankly rather have the child end up in the hands of whatever the post rebellion slash like lonely hearts club or whatever. <laughs> I, I, I think quite, right, yeah. I think most people would probably rather have. And I, I think the, the story of the Mandalorian is going to end up being first, like trying to combat the Imperial remnant where it is baby Yoda being like part of that struggle and symbolizing like the balance of the force kind of, but also I think by the end it's going to be about the Mandalorian people like coming back into, into strength and becoming a proud people, not like coming out of the sewers and being able to take their helmets off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I could like, that would be a payoff for me at the end. It's like, and now here's home, you know, like sure. now they've got this. Yeah. That could be, I think that's where we're headed. Hmm. Uh, you mentioned it briefly one thing that i think would be cool um and you kind of said this might be a thing we might see because they it might be where they're building the uh what is it the star destroyer the yeah, star killer base yeah the star killer base yeah like because everything with the remnants of the imperial uh order and all those people it was like on the mandalorian's turf so i think it would be cool to see like what is like how much do they have already set up sure with moff gideon and others like that and like where are they what are they up to i think that would be something that'd be really interesting to get into i i think we we skipped over one of the the scenes in the trailer that i think i actually kind of gasped like (gasps) at was the shot of the the speeder bikes like flying out of the back of a like some sort of a cruiser and i think that's Mm -hmm. on ilum which chops i think i think or whatever cold planet that is and so chops, I think that we get that. I think that the Mandalorian right. is going to be on home on the Imperial Remnant's home turf. I just I just hope we also get more uh if we're going down like my wish list of things I want now that we're talking about that, yeah. like as much stormtrooper discussion as we can get, as much <laughs> like character building of random stormtroopers. Like I totally want more office chatter among the like two. Yeah, yeah the jason like, sudeikis had that yes, little guest I, role yeah like I, I need at least one more jason sudeikis moment it well, doesn't have to be him although it's fine if it is yeah but like i need another moment like that where it's just two guys with blasters shooting the breeze as they're waiting for some big thing to happen because Yes, that's what would happen. Well, of right. Course yeah. it even even in the ori- even in the original trilogy, they're talking about like the T thirty threes like being already being out of date. Like they're talking about speed like land speeders. They're essentially talking about hot rods. Yes, yes, exactly <laughs> right. They're yes, it's I, I just and it doesn't even you know what it doesn't even necessarily have to be like those that particular scene just redone again to make us all happy, but just more of that where it's yeah. like, oh wait you that's what you've oh those things those are terrible like just 
referencing things <laughs> that we've all seen referencing like little plot points that never, you know, quite added up or we just, you know, never really got like kind a, of a, uh, a kind of a callback to what Daniel and I talked about last week. Like the mundanity of just life in this world is where you can draw a lot of the humor from. And we would be totally interested in like the ways you can show that, that it like relates to our world, but it's just tilted to be in the star Wars world. Sure. Well, you know, one of my favorite parts of star Wars culture, star Wars lore, anything we've seen on film or otherwise is all the scenes we saw in the new trilogy of these vast gigantic star destroyers just sitting in ruins on these planets and they're just part of the landscape and no one bothered <laughs> to clean them up and no one's going to clean them up because why would you somebody like, made a dagger that was in the shape of it so you could use it as a map yeah right. well right but i'm just saying like having having like just massive amounts of the failures of this world or the the entropy of the world just sitting yeah. around that you're like oh of course they wouldn't why would they clean that up well, yeah, right who has the on this, on this backwoods backwater planet who yeah. has the resources to clean it up <laughs> and of course there's a scavenger in there who's going to change the face of the galaxy like we all you know that's <laughs> no but like i just i things like whatever we can do in that world so it doesn't have to be two you know stormtroopers talking about like how much they hate their boss but it can it can be things like that where it's just oh yeah i never considered what goes on after this or sure. yeah in that moment the sarlacc pit is clearly one that can easily be that right it's like yeah. oh yeah after the sarlacc eats these bodies just spits out all the metal and then some random dude just walked over and picked it up and was like sweet things <laughs> that you wouldn't think of immediately but logically they are the next step yeah right for sure no i think i think that's one of the the anytime they do that in a star wars movie i think or television show or whatever um, I think it's wonderful. Even things like uh, Cara Dune, like doing the fight in the bar, um, just those little pieces of world building. Yeah, and it right. takes yeah. ten or fifteen seconds. Or like, yeah, the 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 two scout troopers in the you know near the end of season one, we hated them punching Baby Yoda, but we all laughed really hard when they couldn't hit you know when they couldn't hit a helmet <laughs> that was fifteen feet no, away from them. <laughs> but it was relatable too, because again, this goes back to that whole perspectives thing of when we saw Baby Yoda, it was like, oh my god, right. like they're <laughs> doing it. Oh my god, and then. Of course, two random a-hole stormtroopers are just like <laughs> baby, and they just like slap it. Because to them, it's like this annoying thing, right? It's they like a, they don't even necessarily know what Yoda is, and they don't care. And they're like, <laughs> of course they wouldn't, because there's a bajillion people in a galaxy that stretches as far as you can see. Like, yeah, they wouldn't know any of this crap. Of course not. Well, and they're how, traveling at light speed, and how God's casually sake. they talk about like this new commander showing up and slaughtering a battalion. <laughs> And that's like just as, like as they do. <laughs> right. I mean, it's kind of like, oh, did you hear what Mel Moff Gideon? He already killed 10 of them. Oh, man. And then they just sit there. Like, if that were me, I'd be, I would be quitting, <laughs> peeing in my armor and, and driving away. Like, <laughs> no, they're like, yeah, you know, that's what happens. Those guys probably had it coming. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's those casual moments of Star Wars that I think are, you know, it even harkens back to some of the first things you saw with Luke Skywalker on screen, you know, where it's like, oh, I was going to go to Tashi Station and get some power converters. Sure. Like, I don't know what any of that means, but all right, that's something you've you've clearly thought about this for more than five seconds when you built this character. So thank you. I'm I'm glad to know. I don't know what Tashi Station is, but sounds like it's awesome. Maybe yeah. we go. there. <laughs> we may see it. We may see Tashi Station. Never know. Right. Yeah. Well, anything for the good of the order? 
I think we covered as much as we could on a yeah and a half trailer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, isn't that interesting how when it comes to this Star Wars way. you can you can yeah. have a one minute fifteen second trailer and you can spend one hour and fifteen minutes talking about it. Yeah. Well somewhere George Lucas just pinches himself and goes, Man, I can't believe it's all still happening. Oh man. <laughs> well, thank you, uh thank you, Bone, for joining us on uh on Nerd Association once again. It's always a lot of fun to have the have us together and and you know talk our nerdy perspectives once again uh, jd t-bone smith you can hear him each and every weekday on common man and t-bone on 97.1 the fan here in columbus and streaming online thanks, T-Bone. yeah thanks guys it was good to be here i, I appreciate it chops thank you for uh showing up once now <laughs> <laughs> uh and if you're if you are timmy hall or anyone like timmy hall that would like to reach out to us and tell us what you think about nerd association you can tweet at us. We're on Twitter uh, at nerdassoc, N-E-R-D underscore A-S-S-O-C. Or if you want to come on and be one of our nerds, we can set it up. Uh, you know, email us at nerdassoc at gmail.com. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, or what you want to hear us talk about. And uh, yeah, guess what? We'll catch you next week.